Hey, what's up, guys? It's Age from the Comeback Sports Podcast, and this is Season 4, Episode 3, and we're going to be talking a little bit about the NFL football, some college football, and kind of a little bit of breakdown of what I've been going on lately, uh, so uh, stick around. Um, normally, I do the quote of the week, but you know, I don't really think I need to do anymore because, to be honest, I was kind of running out of quotes to use, and I didn't want to use old cliche quotes just because, you know, you see them all the time. That's why they're called cliches. Um, but yeah, it's good to be back. It's uh, It's been a while. I think almost six months since the last episode I did with my brother-in-law, Ethan. And as you can tell, this studio is in a different place. Um, I'm at my sister's house, I'm in her basement. And I really like that the lighting is so good here. I don't have to use my selfie, uh, my, uh, my ring light anymore. I can just kind of just use the normal lighting fixtures. And also it's very good acoustics in here. So, you know. It's a it's a good change of pace, I think. Um, to kind of transition the show, we we can talk a little bit about the Packers because being a Packers fan, I can't not mention them. And I want to talk about the receiving core that they have at the moment. Um, it's been a bit of a change since Devontae Adams accepted a contract with the um, Las Vegas Raiders. So it's kind of up in the air of who is that wide receiver one if you ask me I want to say it's going to be Alan Lazard just because Aaron Rodgers has praised him so much and he has made some great catches and he has that physicality and that length to really be that wide receiver one it's just a matter if he can stay healthy but there's still other people in the lineup a lot of young people um so you got veteran Randall Cobb there and then the newer guys um starting with the oldest one in the group would be Sammy Watkins who they acquired from the Chiefs or I guess Ravens he used to play for the Chiefs and then you got some new recruits from the draft. You got Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, um, and then some other veterans we mentioned is a tight end, Bobby Tanyan, and Amari Rogers. Um, my thoughts on this, I really don't know, to be honest. Like, sure, I, I've watched the preseason games and I've seen some flashes and I have, I've seen some not so good um, appearances as well. And I feel like I need to see week one to really know what the pulse is on this team. Just because Jordan Love, who's the backup quarterback, he's not going to be starting week one or probably any week for this uh, 2022 season. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers. So I guess it, to me, I need to see what the chemistry like is when he's on the field, when he's kind of leading the charge. Um, but then again, the preseason is there for a reason. You got to get the reps in and it's kind of like warm up for the real thing. And I've seen some flashes. Um, I don't think Christian Watson has played a snap yet. He had some injury issues. Um, but a lot of praise I've been seeing so far is from Romeo Dobbs, who's been like a sleeper pick in the draft. Aaron Rodgers has said on occasion, like great things about him saying that he does those wow moments at least once every day at practice. And I can't recall a time where he's, um, praised a young receiver to that degree. I mean, he has praised, um, Alan Lazard, um, but not as much as this in terms of the first year working with him. Um, breaking news, Aaron Rodgers meets with Romeo Dobbs for lunch. So who knows what that means? Um, and I've seen him do some good catches in the preseason. Um, some, some, uh, examples of like how he can kind of maneuver his body or like twist a certain way to kind of make a not so good pass into something more catchable. Um, so I'm definitely gonna keep my eye on for him. But someone I really want to pay attention to is Christian Watson, who was the second round pick within the draft. And me and my me and Sam, who was on the show um, twice, who's a big Packers fan, we are both pretty excited for this pick. 
uh, just because he kind of reminds me of another Alan Lazard in terms of the size and length um, within his body. And I like to see large receivers because Aaron Rodgers can make those difficult throws. And if you got the length, the difficult throws probably won't seem as difficult for them, at least I hope. My only concern is the lack of um, challenge he's probably had because he played for, I believe, um, North Dakota State. Um, And as some people know, that school doesn't play the most elite um, colleges. Um, So that's the one I want to keep my eye on. And then Sammy Watkins is an interesting pickup. I mean, it's not like a blockbuster deal that we've seen this post this uh, postseason, um, but he really interests me because he has a good he's a good blocking receiver. So with that kind of in the picture, I feel like we're going to see more of Alan Lazard because he was kind of like that block type receiver because of his size. So if Sammy can take over that role, then Alan Lazard can kind of do his thing and be more available for those big big um, momentum changing um, catches. Um, since we're kind of uh, still talking about the, like, the expectations for the Packers, I kind of want to transition to another team, and that's the Buffalo Bills. It's like, hey, you never talk about the Buffalo Bills. Why all, the, why all of a sudden you want to talk about them? One, because there's a lot of hype on, within the NFL media for them. And I also visited Buffalo, New York this summer. So um, I went to Buffalo, and very cool city. It's not like the largest city, but it's very pretty, and people are nice. And I actually went to the place where the buffalo wings were originated. What do I give it on a scale of 1 to 10? Um, to be honest, 6.5 to 7. I mean, just because it's the first doesn't mean it's the best. That's just my take on that. And I talked to people at, like, bars and restaurants and kind of what their thoughts were with the Buffalo Bills. And this one guy, I remember he just had all the excitement. I've never seen so much excitement from a Bills fan and just hearing him talk about the Bills and, like, this is the year. Like, we are going to make it all the way to the Super Bowl. And that's what some people are even saying outside of Buffalo. Like, this team is something that I like. You got Stephon, Stephon Diggs. You got a grown Josh Allen who I have said when he got drafted that he has the arm talent. He just needs to be polished up. And he's polished now. And I think we're going to see um, probably another big jump from him just because – he has a lot of pieces that are surrounding him and he has continued to improve year over year and he actually has some playoff experience and he played very well in that playoff game against um, the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think Josh Allen's ready to kind of take on the spotlight and go from like like a star to like a superstar in the NFL now. Um, I also kind of want to do something a little different. I kind of want to show a reaction video to a small a small clip from a preseason game. And the person I want to highlight is Devin Allen from the Philadelphia Eagles. And the reason why Devin Allen is kind of on my radar is because he is a hurdler um, for Oregon and even competed in the world championships where he got DQ'd because he's just that good at coming off the blocks that the machine thought he false started, which is bullshit. But that's that's kind of over now. I want to highlight his uh, football his football experiences now so I'm gonna do a reaction video to his uh 50 yard TD catch that he had so I'm gonna play this right now and it should be on the screen now um hopefully so you got Senna in the shotgun and then he lobs it from the 40 yard line and then Devin Allen has at least like five yards away from all the secondaries and it's it's pretty impressive I mean 
the part that impresses me is just kind of more like the overall top speed. Like the acceleration is there, but the top speed, once he gets that separation, it almost gets a little bit more wider. And I'll keep replaying this a couple more times. And like, sure, it's a preseason game. It's not like a re- those guys aren't probably going to make the roster by the end of this po- um, preseason. But just kind of watching him high, like highlight his excellent speed from track is just kind of refreshing. Because um, I remember peop- um, track runners kind of get a bad rep saying, oh, they wouldn't do good in a real sport like football. So it's kind of cool to sh- showcase that on the on the field. And yeah, I mean, he seems like a pretty likable guy, too. So I hope he continues to play. And we'll see some more highlights like this in the regular season. And I even RG3 will recognize him too on Twitter. And RG3 is also a, a hurdler in, in college. He was a hurdler at the University of Baylor. So it makes sense that he wants to shout out this man as well. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's Devin Allen for you. So keep an eye on for him. So this is a segment that I'm very excited for. It's um, breaking down the AP poll for college football. Jesus Christ, man, I'm getting tired already. Um, as you can tell, it's nighttime right now. So it's like 9 p.m. Central Time. I had a pretty long day. Um, work was long, but then it went on a run, and I felt a little bit better, but I'm still kind of exhausted. So let's kind of go through the AP poll breakdown. I'll start at the very bottom, which was number 25, and then kind of just briefly go through some teams and maybe stop for a couple of teams that I follow a little bit more closely to kind of give my thoughts of what I like or dislike and what maybe their in uh, their kind of end of the season is going to look like as well. So number twenty five, you got BYU. Um, they're not in a conference; they're an independent, and um, I'm not going to knock them down just because they I have seen some pretty consistent results of them year over year. That's where Zach Milson came from, and he had a pretty good year at BYU. So I'm sure they know how to groom players. Uh, followed by Houston, and then Cincinnati. Um, I'm kind of curious what Cincinnati's going to be like because they had a breakout year um, with Desmond Riddler as their quarterback, and they even made it to the to the uh, national uh, the playoffs for the, for college football. And this is kind of really going to determine: all right, Cincinnati really going to be the big guys that can st- step up to the challenge year after year because they're going to they probably going to go to the Big Twelve pretty soon. Um. If I were to predict what their season's going to look like, I don't think it's going to be the same as last year. I don't think they're going to make it to the championship or the playoffs just because there's just a lot of stacked teams that are on this list. So you got Wake Forest on here. You got Old Miss. Um, Lane Kiffin's the head coach there. I like him. And then Kentucky, which was kind of a little surprise for me. I didn't expect to see them on there. Um, looks like they finished last year on at 18th, and so they're back on the pull again at 20th. Um, Arkansas, oh, one of my favorite teams. Uh, number 18 is University of Wisconsin. So uh, I was thinking about this. What I like Wisconsin is the production is always consistent if you set the right expectations, of course. Uh, Wisconsin has one of the most elite defensive programs I've ever seen. Each year, it's always the same, and they know how to grow these low three-star recruits and turn them into big defensive players. Just has the Watt brothers and, and um, Leo Chanel. Those are Great examples of just how how well they groom their defensive players, and then on the offensive side, running backs after running backs after running backs, they know how to get those guys prepared. And Braylon Allen is going to Braylon Allen is going to be that next guy that's going to be the running back uh, star in the Big Ten. 
Uh, unfortunately, the passing game, yeah, it's non-existent. I was a huge advocate for Graham Mertz, but Graham Mertz is what every Wisconsin quarterback is besides Russell Wilson. Just mediocre. So I don't expect much from the passing side. I just hope they can use their defense to stop good teams in the Big Ten, and then their run game can just do what it does best and just score and get them to the, hopefully, to the Big Ten championship game, which I predict will probably be against Ohio State. Pittsburgh, that's where Penny kick, that's where Kenny Pickett went. Um, I don't know who's the starting quarterback this year. Um, so I was, I was surprised to see them still on the AP poll. Um, Miami, Florida, that was an interesting one. I think what influenced this was uh, the acquisition of Mario Cristobal from Oregon. Great coach, has a lot of experience with a lot of their great coaches. And I think he's really excited to be back in Miami, and he wants to lead them to an ACC championship game. Followed by Michigan State, um, USC. USC is interesting as well because, um, like Miami, they got a big-time coach. They got Lincoln Riley and followed him was Caleb Williams from Oklahoma. And I'm sure they got a couple other acquisitions from that as well in terms of the recruiting class and transfer portal. So I think all those moves influenced this uh, ranking for the number 14 spot. And to be honest, the Pac-12 is not that competitive compared to the other conferences, especially, well, I guess maybe not especially, but it it's I feel like the level of ta- the level of competition is slightly lower than the Big 12 where he came from Lincoln Riley so we'll see how he does in this new conference he may have to make adjustments because the West Coast offense is definitely different than the Big 12 uh, spread offense that they do out there um, Oklahoma State is on here then Oregon Oregon's probably my favorite team in the Pac-12 um, I'm not, I don't know too much about their head coach and it sounds like the AP poll really likes what's going on over there. So we'll I'll have to keep an eye on Oregon because I've been following Oregon a little bit, a little bit more closely when my brother-in-law introduced me to Justin Herbert when he was a, a sophomore. And yeah, I liked what I saw at Oregon. And it's just fun to watch because I need to pay attention to all conferences. And Pac-12 is something that is a little hard for me to watch because the games are so late at night. I'm um, surprised Baylor was this pre was this low considering how great they finished off the season um but I got a feeling they're gonna work they're gonna creep their way up even higher if not stay the same in the top 10 Oklahoma uh Lincoln Riley's old school so Oklahoma it's Oklahoma and the Big 12 is not as competitive besides Baylor and besides Baylor and Oklahoma State those are kind of the only true competitors in that I want to say Iowa State but I don't like to get my hopes up for my old, uh, my old school just because when you give them expectations, they sometimes don't meet that. Uh, but hopefully they can get a win on Oklahoma just because Oklahoma always beats up on everyone else. Uh, but I don't really agree with this ranking. I think they should be outside the top 10. But like I said, it's their schedule. It's kind of going to determine their ranking because uh, I think they're going to have a little bit of an easy path for the most part couple of hiccups there but number nine pretty standard for Oklahoma do I think they're going to make it to the Big 12 championship game yeah I think they might Michigan at number eight this is a surprise um they lost a few key players in the draft particularly their all-star their their all-american uh defensive end um uh, I can't I can't remember his name um uh, if I do I'll say it 
but I don't. I think this is too high of a rank, even though this is five spots down. I don't see them making it to the Big Ten Championship game, considering how consistent Ohio State's roster looks compared to Michigan. But I think they're going to have a couple big wins on their belt, and it'll be a, it'll be at least a close one, I would say, within the Big Big Ten East. Uh, Utah, I like Utah. Um, I saw their match against Ohio State, and I it was just great. Like Pac-12, I mean, I, I, I forgot about Utah when I was talking smack with Pac-12, but now that they're back, my mind, Lincoln Ryan has got is going to have some has some problems handling Utah. So, well, I'm really excited to see that matchup when that when that time comes. But Utah's looking really good, and there's nothing really noticeable that kind of changed year over year. And I might see we might see another Rose Bowl, um, which would be great. Texas A&M, they got a lot of uh, spotlight this offseason because they, for the first time in a while, it was in Alabama, Georgia, or Clemson that got the number one recruiting recruiting year, and Texas A Texas A&M took that took that over, and so for the next couple of years, we're probably going to see them in the spotlight within the top ten or top five year over year. And Jimbo Fisher, he's a very he's a, he has a very long history and lineage of coach of coaches and, and other quarterbacks, um, so I think he's going to groom this team just fine. Notre Dame, um. Notre Dame is interesting. Um, Brian Kelly left Notre Dame to go to LSU. And, yeah, I think this is a little too high. But because it's Notre Dame and their schedule is a little easier than some, except the first matchup. Ohio State, that's going to be a tough one. But after that, it's going to be a little bit more smoother for their schedule. I have a feeling they're probably going to finish outside the top 10. But Notre Dame produces pretty consistent players, especially at the O-line position. And so I'll be keeping an eye on for them. Of course, these are the ones you always see every year. Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama. Uh, Clemson had an off year to their standards, at least, even though they did beat up on Iowa State in their uh, bowl game. It was the Cheez-It game, yes. But it sounds like they're back in action. Got a good recruiting class. There's going to be some speculation who the starting quarterback's going to be. It's either going to be DJ Ugalele or whoever is next. I think he's also a five- or um, four-star recruit. So there's probably going to be a little bit of a QB battle. Uh, I mean, I'm not impressed with DJ, so we'll see what happens with that. But Debo Swinney, business as usual with him. He's going to get an ACC championship again because um, he missed it last year, and he probably wants it this year for sure. And then Georgia, the national champion. Uh, Stetson Bennett is back. I am very surprised to see that. So Stetson Bennett was the quarterback for Georgia last year, and he led them to a national title. Um, I guess led them as kind of a – a uh, soft word because that team was just stacked on defense. It was one of the best defenses of 2021. But it, it does seem assuring that Stetson Bennett is going to return considering he's been there for so many years. He understands kind of the style that um, Kirby Smart runs. And so I think there won't be much adjustment for him on that front. Then Ohio State and Alabama. Um, Ohio State, yeah, they're probably going to win the Big Ten again. Um I used to hate on Ryan Day. Not hate him, but just I had my doubts for him because I always said, like, oh, Urban Meyer just pretty much gave Ryan Day the keys to a Ferrari that's already tuned up. So all you do is just drive it, not crash it. It's been a couple years, and Ryan Day has still produced good numbers and has taken them to Big Ten championship games back-to-back all, all since he started. And at, at, at no point now, I don't it's I don't see any players that Ur, Urban Meyer has uh, – 
recruited that Ryan Day is under. So I think it's going to be another Big Ten title for the Ohio State. And, of course, Alabama. Yep. Uh, SEC title, probably against Georgia. Um, and another another championship, or at least the playoffs. Uh, so, yeah, just, just kind of break down my Power 5 conference predictions in terms of what the championship games are going to be like. So, at ACC, I have a prediction is going to be Dabo Sweeney from Clemson. We'll be, we'll be battling against uh, Mario Cristobal at, at Miami. I think that would be a great matchup. Uh, Pac-12 is going to be Utah versus Oregon. And then Big 12 is going to be Baylor versus Oklahoma. And the Big 10, my always my favorite matchup. I just hate the end result of every time this happens. It's Ohio State versus Wisconsin. And then finally, the SEC, Alabama versus Georgia. And since we're talking about the Power 5 conferences still, um, as some of you may know, the Big 10 has expanded, and they'll be introducing UCLA and USC. And some people are against it. Some people just don't flat-out care. I don't mind it. I think it's great in terms of the Big 10 because I'm, I'm a fan. It'd be nice to see that West Coast offense go against a defensive-heavy conference like the Big Ten. I mean, UCLA is not really a big powerhouse name. USC is. And a lot of this expansion, I believe, is due to just money. The Pac-12 networks probably don't compensate these teams that much. And big big schools like these want to have more money opportunities along with the players. And this also probably improves their recruiting within the Big Ten as a whole. Now parents in the West Coast can watch their kids in the Midwest, and parents in the Midwest can watch their kids in the West Coast. They're just kind of taking over the whole country. So when this happens, am I going to be kind of putting my nose a lot into this? Probably will. Um, but I think the, the whole hype will eventually die down, though. So now we're uh, transitioning to the last segment of my episode. Thank you again for everyone that's uh, watched the the Welcome Back episode. And we kind of have to address the elephant in the room. Yeah, I went on a hiatus for about six months. And to be honest, beginning of the year wasn't the best time for me. I made some stupid decisions and, and it led to things that just kind of escalated and wasn't great. And I didn't like who I was, and I felt like that for a long time, even before this year. So for the past six months, I just kind of worked on myself, and I um, signed up for therapy. I have therapy sessions every couple weeks. I did some reading, even did some meditation. And through this process, I've strengthened relationships with people, traveled a lot, did things I enjoyed, and balanced my life a little bit better, and more importantly, became more comfortable with myself. Some key lessons that I've learned during this time is you got to be gentle with yourself. You got to let go of unrealistic expectations, not only towards yourself, but others. You have to understand that there are some things that are out of your control and some of those things aren't just worth stressing out about. You got to live in the moment a little bit. Things are going to come out of nowhere and there's nothing you can do about it. And that's okay. And be honest with yourself. Um, Have the tough conversations with people, especially if you really care about them. And don't be afraid to be yourself. Because you're only doing yourself and others a disservice when you don't do any of these things. So, like, these are lessons that have helped me grow, that I've learned through my experience. And as a result, I had one of the best summers I've had in a long time. And I've learned from mistakes and learned more about myself. I want to continue to do that. I want to carry on and just be a better person towards myself and towards others. Um, So, 
this summer, I've connected with so many people, um, old friends, current friends, and met a lot of new people too. And I'm very grateful for all that. So I want to thank all these people that I've um, enjoyed my summer with and helped me through this experience experience that I was going through this year. So um, I made this short little video to kind of show my appreciation towards them. So once again, thank you to everybody that's helped me get back to being who I really want to be and getting back on the show. So hope you enjoyed. sound to silence the cars We're cutting like knives in a fist fight And I found you with a bottle of wine You head in the curtains and heart like the 4th of July You swore and said we are not We are not shining stars This I know I never said we are Though I've never been through hell like that I've closed enough windows to know you can never look back If you're lost in a long Or you're sinking like a stone Carry on May your past be the sound Of your feet upon the ground Carry on Carry on, carry on Some friends at the edge of the night At a bar of 75 And we talked and talked about how our parents will die All our neighbors and wives But I'd like to think I can cheat it all To make up for the times I've been cheated on And it's nice to know Of your 